Welcome to the Only Dream Big podcast, starring your host, Donnie Bedney. Only Dream Big is a podcast where Donnie will share tips and experiences on different topics, such as acquisition entrepreneurship, human capital, and the future of the workforce. He is the president of PSP Metrics and has been in the assessment and human capital management industry for more than 15 years, with the goal of driving change through people. As your guide on dreaming big, let's hear from the man himself. So welcome, friends, to another episode of the Only Dream Big podcast. I'm your host, Donnie Bedney, uh, and so excited today uh, to have a special guest um, you know, with us, a good buddy of mine, Ed. Um, and as we're moving forward, he has uh, written just an amazing book, uh, Drive Your Career, Nine High Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Own Success. Um, I've garnered uh, a few tips, frankly, uh, you know, from it and just thought that, um, you know, as a result of reading it, that we definitely had to get together and, and have a conversation about it so we could inform you all. Uh, Ed, welcome to the pod. Thank you, Donnie. I'm thrilled to be here. <laughs> so, I mean, it, obviously, it, the only Dream Big podcast we talk about uh, a lot of things, and and the the overall concept of you know dreaming big uh, from an individual perspective, or even as we think about you know visions for companies, um, you know the constant there is is the individual. Um, and so, you know, what was really the inspiration for you, um, you know, behind the book and, and uh, you know, can you give us a little bit of background on, you know, where that came from? Absolutely. And, you know, before I do that, I just want to tell you, Donnie, that, you know, when you think about the topic of your podcast being dreaming big, there mm-hmm. is there are few other things that you can dream big about as much as your own career. And regardless of the book or you know any of the work that I do, you are the number one asset you own. And if you're not dreaming big about who you can become and what you want to do and where you want to be, you're missing a huge opportunity. So <laughs> I love that you have this podcast. I love that you're helping people dream big. And I would just encourage our listeners to dream big about your career. There is, you know, our few things less important than that. And it's a great yeah, place yeah. to put your energy and time. So I have been a leadership coach now for about 14 years. I began to notice as I was working with clients that there were certain stories or observations that I had that repeated themselves. And regardless of whether they were a company president or a frontline supervisor, these stories influenced and impacted them in positive ways. So I started to pay attention to these stories that I had with others and started to make note of them and came up with yeah, nine yeah. stories that seemed to be repeating themselves. And these weren't ones I brought up on purpose. These came up very naturally in these mm-hmm. conversations. And I thought, well, hey, this could be the source of my second book, which is to share these nine stories that I've been telling and observing with people for almost 15 years about how to drive your career, how to be more in charge of where you're going and what you're doing versus looking back and feeling as if you were just a passenger. And so this is all experiential. This comes from actual experiences with mm-hmm. business professionals in every industry at all levels about how they can do things more effectively to be more productive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, with that, man, I, I, I would say that, you know, early on I was, I was a little, uh, you know, surprised, but pleasantly surprised, um, you know, with one of the sections just as, um, you know, you're talking about be positive, you know, with your boss, 
right? So, you know, uh, this, this uh, you know, frankly, resonated well with me just because, you know, no person is an island. And so, you know, in, in uh, throughout my career, I've always had, you know, strong relationships with the people I've reported to. Uh, but can you talk, can, can you also share, and, and once again, you talked about the experiential nature of this, but can you just, you know, share with the, the, the people for, for those who may even have, um, you know, I think it's it's easy to kind of isolate yourself and potentially think that, you know, this is just about you. Um, but but just the power of being able to collaborate with the person that, you know, frankly, you, you report to and probably spend, you know, some of the most time with. Well, this is a mythology that is slowly eroding as time passes. <clears throat> you know, we grew up in an environment where we thought there was all hierarchy and yeah. people reported to certain people. You had certain jobs to do. You came in, did the job, went home, end of story. And we have been very mildly, subtly transitioning to a workplace where relationships and how you get along with people, how you impact people, how you influence people, what people think about you are important. And, mm -hmm. you know, at some point the bell is going to swing over to the side where now how I'm viewed, what my reputation is, how I connect with people is going to be almost as important as what I do. You know, I've heard many people say that being good at what you do is table stakes that there mm. needs an assumption that mm -hmm. you're good at what you do. How yeah. you do it, you know, how you lead people, how you motivate people, how you build relationships in order to be more effective is not something that we have spent as much time on. I think I can Ooh. speak for you, I can speak for myself. When I went to high school and college, I yeah. did not have any classes on how to navigate conflict or how to be brave at work or <laughs> how to communicate effectively. There were you know, some courses yeah. that touched on it a little bit, but these are not areas that we spent time working on. And when mm -hmm. we get placed in as a manager, suddenly these are the expectations that are there, that I can navigate conflict, that I can say things that are difficult to other people, that I can do things yeah. that I never had any training on. So, mm -hmm. you know, this is where the value of the book comes through, which is really helping people recognize certain things, not everything, but yep. certain things that they could be doing a little bit differently to be more effective. And it all is tied around the goal of having better relationships. Everybody who is listening to this podcast should do a self-assessment and say, hey, on a scale of one to six, where is my relationship with my boss? And for anybody who feels it's a four or lower, there are mm. things you need to be doing, not your boss, but you need to be doing to ensure that you have a positive relationship with your boss. Wow, yeah. Now, now, as you talk about the erosion and, and you know, just as I mean, there's so many articles and things written, you know, at this point, um, you know, and, and we were talking just a little bit, you know, prior to the recording, um, you know, about uh, the, the talent pool, right, uh, about, uh, you know, what they're coining, the, the, the great resignation, right, and, and people are transitioning. And so, it, it you know, can, can you expound on, you know, kind of what you're seeing what you're hearing from clients, et cetera. And it, because it seems to me that, you know, if people are bold enough to, you know, resign, right, and literally leave the place that, that they're working, then it seems like a golden opportunity, um, you know, to then uh, uh, take, a, take a step back and, and uh, be more intentional about evaluating, you know, the next organization, right, that, that you want to be a part of and, and which I think probably has, uh, you know, a significant, um, you know, impact potentially, um, you know, on your success as you continue to dream big, but but may also tie into exactly that concept that we were talking about and in, in being able to, you know, be positive with, you know, your new boss or the new person that you're working with. 
Well, I think the pandemic has created a reaction that nobody could have anticipated, which was two years ago, we all went to the office Monday through Friday. And I was joking with a colleague the other day that, you know, I think back to 10 years ago when I worked for corporate America, mm-hmm. it, it took bravery to even to ask to work for a day at home, right? It, yes, exactly. It wasn't even a concept that was accepted. <laughs> you were expected to be in the office Monday through Friday. And there were certain yep. jobs across the country because there wasn't an office that they worked from home. But mm-hmm. if you worked near a corporate office, regardless of how long it took you to get there, you were expected to be there. Jump yep. ahead to 2021 suddenly everyone's working from home and now Mm -hmm. they like it, right? So, you know, Mm -hmm. I think this great resignation is coming from two places. One, I think the pandemic has caused people to pause a little bit and say, you know, am I enjoying what I've been doing? Is this really what I've been doing? And the pandemic has just created this ability to do it. If the pandemic hadn't happened, they'd still be going in Monday through Friday and, you know, picking axing away and trying to make great progress. And then the second thing is, is there more for me? Right. So, you know, should should I keep doing what I have been doing? And, you know, there are now some variables that were never in play. So for something like, you know, hey, I want to be the type of person who works from home because now that I've done it for a year and a half, I kind of like it. So, gee, is there a role or a company I can work at that doesn't have these restrictions and can allow me to work from home? Again, two to three years ago, this wasn't even a point of conversation because it just didn't exist. So, you know, I think the great resignation uh, impacts different industries a little bit different. I have clients who have had very little resignation of people because of the policies and the way that they operate their business. And then there are other industries that are impacted significantly. Uh, It's also happening at a time where there just seems to be this talent pool reduction where even if people are resigning, it's like, well, where are they going? (laughs) Because, you know, we have a local, yeah, we have a local, uh, you know, gas station slash food service store that put up a sign saying we're closing at six every night. And so I said to them one day, gee, why are you guys closing at six? And they said, because we don't have anyone who can work at night. And I'm like, wow, this is a big company. I can't believe there's nobody who would want to work at this location in the evenings, but they don't have anyone. So there's a talent pool reduction, and I'm not a sociologist, so I don't know the reason why, combined with these new perspectives on how we can work that's just creating havoc in the workplace. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, 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 uh, you know, you all just, you know, these nine stories and, and, and kind of you know, points, uh, I, I, I would almost call them principles, um, you know, frankly, uh, you know, are, are really, uh, are really strong. And so, it, you know, one of the things that I'd, I'd like to tie in is I actually just wanted to, you know, go to another one of those kind of principles, um, which I'm wondering, um, you know, when you think about uh, the great resignation, once again, and kind of what people are doing, can you talk a little bit about, you know, uh, the fact that pausing is powerful, Right. And so get, getting the opportunity for folks to, you know, kind of pause, especially in a time when, um, you know, one, we've been forced to slow down, frankly. Right. But, you know, people are anxious about getting back into, you know, the new normal or, you know, whatever, that, whatever that is. Right. right. Um, but but can you talk about the concept of, you know, pausing is powerful um, a little bit more? Sure. And, you know, to be candid, Donnie, when I wrote the book, I wrote most of it pre-pandemic. So I didn't even have this kind of frame of mind and reference. It's it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And so (laughs) there are some correlations. You know, the concept of pausing is important because in most organizations, they have a get it 
done, get it done type environment, right? It's go, 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 work 60 hours a week. And part of it is because we want to stay ahead of our competition, right? We don't ever want to rest and find out that somebody else got ahead of us before we could have been there, right? So yep. it's go, 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 get it done, get it done. And what happens in those environments, because we are moving so quickly that at the end of the project or at the end of the goal or the initiative, we delay or use time ineffectively because we weren't ready to get going. Mm. And so this pausing was about spending more time up front, ensuring everybody has every question answered, that everybody's very clear on the mission, that everyone knows what their role and responsibility is, that everyone knows what the timetable is very clearly, so yeah. that at the end, we are achieving what it, we expected to achieve on time mm -hmm. and on budget versus the opposite. This relates, of course, to what we experience now in the pandemic, which is taking time to think about your next steps and your opportunities to ensure that you're moving in a direction that satisfies you. You know, too often exactly. people are passengers in their career and they just wait or hope things will happen, uh, hope they'll get promoted, et cetera, and they're not taking active steps to yeah. move in the direction that they want to move in. So, you know, pausing is technically a strategic effort in mm -hmm. order to ensure that what you're doing is getting done well versus yeah. moving at such a pace that you end up dropping the ball near the end because you weren't ready to get there. Yeah, yeah, it it, it really correlate, uh, correlates well with uh, a concept that um, uh, a close brother and friend of mine introduced to me uh, a few years ago, which is the power of uh, creating versus catching. Mm -hmm. Right, and so you know, I think I think it, it was one of the things that really jumped out at me, um, it, and you articulated it so well. Is that if people are willing to really, you know, take a pause and, and, you know, as they're owning their career and thinking through, you know, as opposed to being reactive and, you know, as you mentioned, this shortage of talent, right? So people, I'm sure, are getting pinged for different opportunities and jobs and, oh, we love your experience and we want you to be there. And, you know, depending on where you are currently, right, and maybe some discomfort or you're disgruntled with the organization, you know, how many times do folks, you know, potentially take a leap to another organization without taking the time to be thoughtful about, you know, what that is, and then potentially making a lateral move and being even more miserable, if you will. Um, you know, I, I, I know, um, you know, I've probably done it at least once in my career, um, you know, thankfully not more than that, but, um, you know, just it, 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 that really, really resonated with me. Yeah, you know, the Project Management Institute would tell you that a significant number of projects, and I'm speculating at this point, but I believe it's somewhere like 75 to 80 percent of projects are not mm -hmm. done on time and are not mm -hmm. done on budget. And I believe one of the reasons, there's certainly <laughs> many, but one of the reasons is we have a get it going type mentality that we want to go, go, go. And mm -hmm. after the first meeting on something, we're now going. And, yeah. you know, I would, I would prefer a leader to say, hey, here's what we want to work on. Here's when we're going to work on it. Right. You go over all the particulars yep. and then say, OK, before we get going, I want everyone to look at this. I want everyone to study this. And at our next meeting, mm -hmm. I want to hear from folks what their concerns, observations, perspectives might be on this. And then yeah. at that meeting, if we've got all that cleared up and everyone's really comfortable, now we'll start moving forward. But, you know, unfortunately, we skip that step. And yep. we just keep moving. And so to your point, it feels more like we're catching what somebody mm -hmm. else was doing uh, or delayed on versus creating the next steps and you know yep. moving forward in a very productive and effective way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. And you know, it, it, this is 
something I, I'd love to, you know, dive into again. So we'll, we'll have to have you back just to not only talk about these concepts, but I, it, frankly, there's so many different ways I think we could, <laughs> this conversation could go uh, and, and, uh, and irrelevant. But there, there, there was another concept, which I, I, I really want to, to make sure that you touch on um, because of, once again, kind of the time that we're living in. And, and it really has to do with, uh, you know, be the most curious person in the room. Right. And, and I think that it, it aligns so well with what we're talking about now as we talk about creating versus catching, you know, taking a moment to pause. You know, how can folks really, you know, keep that in, in the forefront of their mind? And, and once again, just the I'll, I'll just use this word again, but, you know, the power of, you know, being the most curious person in the room and, and why that's so important. Well, everything we're talking about, Donnie, takes practice. So these aren't like light switches that you just start doing and magically you're doing them every moment and every day. So, you know, it takes practice to be the most curious person in the room, but it's my belief and my clients would tell you who have made progress that once they kind of flick that switch and are now more curious with others, they come to better answers. And so, mm -hmm. you know, if you and I were talking about something, the first thing I'd want to know is everything you think about the topic, why you think what you think, mm. where thinking comes from, uh, you know, how passionate are you on this particular topic before I share, you know, my perspective. So this is really about being the most curious person in the room to ensure that you have everything that you need before you move forward and start making decisions or, uh, you know, uh, you know, moving forward with the particular project or initiative. This comes from a principle or a habit that was in Stephen Covey's uh, book from the mid 90s, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Mm. And mm -hmm. habit number five is seek first to understand, then to be understood. It's mm -hmm. so important and it is so not done in organizations today. Everybody seeks first to be understood. And then if I have time, I'll try to understand you. But you know, the first thing yeah. I want to share what I think and why I think it. Uh, and we really need to flip that around and uh, be more curious. If you're going to be more curious, you have to be a great listener. And mm -hmm. You know, this creates a cycle of curiosity, listening. What I listen to creates another question, and we keep mm -hmm. going until yeah. you feel you've said everything that you need to say. So it's a, a great habit to work on, a great principle. I love that word. And, uh, you know, it's something that takes practice. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think the old adage was we were we were given two ears uh, and one mouth for a reason, right? So <laughs> I don't know if that was my grandmother or, or, or someone else when I was a kid, but uh yeah, absolutely amazing. Ed, you know, it has been phenomenal having you on, uh, you know, today, my friend. And, and you know, just to, you know, kind of as we close out, you know, where can people find you? You know, obviously, um, you know, it, we're, we're encouraging folks to, you know, find the book. And, and uh, I'm assuming that's everywhere as well. But, you know, where can folks follow you? Where can they find you? How can they get in touch with you? Yeah, I would encourage folks to go to my website, which is excelius.com. That's e x c e l l i u s dot com. Everything Ed Everts is there. Uh, a pop up will appear that has an opportunity to purchase a book. You know, mm -hmm. uh, there are nine chapters in the book. I don't believe all nine chapters affect everyone, uh, but even if there's two or three that can help you think about your career a little bit differently and move forward in effective ways, then I think that would be fantastic. It, it was. It, it's definitely something I'm going to be going back to as kind of a manual. Uh, and principles, and that's one of the the, the the modular nature, if you will, of it uh, is something that I've appreciated uh, quite a bit. So, 
thank you so much. And everyone, you know, thank you for listening in uh, and tuning in. You know, we'll see you next week. If you like today's podcast, tune in to our social media to get updates on our next episode. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook uh, at Only Dream Big Inc. Uh, and hit the subscribe button below. That's all for today, folks. See you next time.